When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Reckless speculation. That's right. It's not a Reckless Speculation Thursday, but it is a bonus scoop Tuesday. And next to Reckless Speculation Thursday, it's the best thing. It's Judd, it's executive producer Declan, and Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and Scoop Podcast fame here at Score North. And a man who I heard his voice a few times yesterday, Timberwolves Media Day was held on Monday. And uh, Doogie, I'm going to start you with this one because you you asked the question, and it's going to be a question that's probably asked a few more times throughout the course of the season. D'Angelo Russell going into a contract year, coming off a game in, a, in the playoffs in which he was benched, but very much being counted on to be a key part of this team. Uh, your reaction to what D'Lo told you, and I guess just as importantly, your read on his situation after seeing him respond. Well, I'll tell you this much, Judd. In bonding with a few people after some of those news conferences or while the news conferences were still going on, myself, my photojournalist, we had to go chase down some B-roll, right? We had to get some video of guys posing for pictures. So we couldn't be in the room when Jordan McLaughlin, Jalen Noel, some lesser type guys, although you know what I feel about Jalen Noel. Like, I think he's going to hit the jackpot next summer. But we had to break away from that room to go get some video. So while breaking off, I ran into a couple higher-level Wolves-type folks, people who know D'Angelo Russell. Mm -hmm. Judd, to a man, these individuals told me there's just something different about D'Angelo Russell right now. Now, could it be as simple as his significant other gave birth over the weekend? He is a first-time dad? Maybe. But that was 48 hours ago, or at this point, 72 hours ago. But there's like this renewed energy, this this different vibe about D'Angelo Russell that multiple Wolves staffers told me that they have observed. So when I asked him the question, is there frustration that you have not received a contract extension to date, when he tells me, no, there isn't frustration, I take him at face value. Here's why I take him at face value. And a reminder to you, to the audience, we get lied to all the time. But in this instance, I am trusting what D'Angelo Russell told me. Here's why. He knows how good of a fit he is with Rudy Gobert. The Wolves, it's not like if they don't re-sign him, have like this abundance of cap space next summer. It's not like they have that slot then readily available to go sign somebody else. It doesn't work that way. So I think D'Angelo looks at it and says, you know what? We should be good 
me playing with Rudy Gobert should be good. And if those two things come to fruition, like we think, I am going to get paid one way or another next summer. Mm -hmm. It could be here or it could be elsewhere. But I have another big contract in my future. So I'm just telling you, Judd, my sense is he knows he's going to get paid one way or another. Sure. In a perfect world, yes, he'd be entering today's first day of training camp with an extension in hand. But it didn't come to fruition, really. It never even came close to coming to fruition, Judd. Sure, his agent tried to pick up talks, but like Tim Connolly and company weren't real receptive. Like, I don't even sense, to use the football cliche football analogy, like this thing ever crossed the 50-yard line. Like, I just, I don't think it ever came remotely close to happening. But he's going to get paid. So he's in a good spot. The Wolves feel like he's in a good spot. So right now, much like the Vikings, before some adversity hit with the Monday Night Loss in Philadelphia, Judd, it is kumbaya over at Mayo Clinic Square. What was your takeaway um, of the expectations, too? Because, I mean, this is a franchise that for what, Dukes, the majority of the last, it feels like 20 years, um, they've popped up a couple of times. But this feels potentially the most real and long-term uh, that that we are now expecting good things. What was your takeaway of the expectations from the players, uh, Conley, Finch, and the coaching staff as well? I sense that they're like, bring it on. I mean, truth be told, Judd, after winning the playing game against the Clippers, after truthfully should have won the Memphis playoff series, right? Should have won that 7-2 battle. Yep. Like, there were going to be expectations regardless. Let's say they don't make the Rudy Gobert trade. Mm -hmm. There still were going to be pretty large expectations with this franchise. So their point is, regardless, like, bring it on. You know, we do the Rudy Gobert trade over and over again. That was plan A going back to the summer. Sure, they had some other plans, contingency plans, in the event that some other teams struck a deal with Utah. You know, Utah talked to a number of teams. I was told there were four teams in the end in on Gobert. So it's possible the Wolves would have lost out on Gobert, but that was plan A. They ultimately went out. They acquired Gobert. But, like, they're all about these large expectations. But, Judd, like, go up and down the Western Conference. Go up and down the league. You know how many teams have large expectations? Like, Denver has large expectations. Golden State has large expectations. Sure. The L.A. Clippers with Kawhi Leonard back have large expectations. Heck, New Orleans with a healthy Zion Williamson, have healthy expectations. That would C.J. McCollum for a full year. Right. And I'm leaving out a few. Eastern Conference, same deal. You can go up and down the list of six, seven franchises. Cleveland, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Miami, Boston. Like, there are a lot of teams that have high expectations. So the Wolves are all about it. You know, we've talked about this before, but I'll reiterate it now. It is a very favorable early schedule. Look at those first 10 to 12 games, because inevitably there are going to be hiccups. They're going to have to fight through some things, figure some things out. It's not going to be smooth sailing starting October 19th. Well, maybe that game against OKC. But point is, over the course of the first month or so, maybe even two months, there are going to be hiccups. But they can suffer some hiccups and still win a good amount of games because that schedule, the first four to six weeks, incredibly favorable 
What does Gobert bring off the court to? Like, how, how does he change the dynamic, n- not just on th- the floor, and, you know, clearly he's a great defender, but what does he bring off the court to th- that perhaps this franchise is a lack, do you think? Well, I don't know if it lacks, but, you know, certainly an infectious personality. I mean, you talk to people in Salt Lake City. I mean, Gobert, from a charitable standpoint, a fan-friendly standpoint, like A+. plus. Like, you get a lot of good reviews coming from people with the Jazz people in Salt Lake City. Like, he's a very likable guy. And he has spoken about this going back to his introductory news conference. He said it again on Monday at Media Day. He has welcomed the opportunity for a while to play with a skilled big. That's why I'm telling you, I said it in July. I'll say it again now. Of all the possibilities, you know, Toronto to some extent, some other teams that had interest in Gobert in the summer. This is where he truly wanted to be because he wants to play with Carl Anthony Towns. Now, Quinn Snyder won a lot of games in Utah. Quinn Snyder will be a coach in this league again whenever he wants to be. He is a brilliant coach. I think he's a top five coach just in terms of scheme, X's and O's, all that. I love Quinn Snyder as a coach. He had to do what he had to do in Utah, right, to win games. Essentially four wings, the one big, right? Mm -hmm. But Rudy is cherishing this opportunity to play with a skilled big. And even going back to earlier this month when I sat down with Chris Finch for 25 minutes, that's on a recent Scoop podcast, you know, just hearing Finch then talk about how he plans on using Rudy. Didn't get into the intricacies, but just the overall idea that, hey, there's more there, right? No fault of Utah, but we plan on using Rudy differently Mm -hmm. and more, especially offensively, than the Jazz did. But just in terms of the overall aura, like just a lot of positivity. Like he's just, he's a really good guy. I know for a lot of people, they go back to, like that COVID time, March of 2020, when he grabbed the microphone. Yeah, that was And good. that fallout, and a lot of people were like, that guy, like, what's wrong with that guy? Right. You know, sure, he apologized. Should he have done it? No. But, like, he's just, he's that sort of personality. Like, if you can bottle up that moment, besides the idiocy of it, but you can just bottle up that moment. Like, you can just see, like, that little snapshot. There is a pretty cool personality there. So I think we'll see that personality shine through as the year goes on. On Ant, um, so his his you know his comments made a couple weeks back clearly have caused a stir. They should cause a stir. Um, it was disturbing. It was uncalled for. Uh, and I get all, all of that. I guess I'm also curious, Dukes, about this, though. This is the first time that he's gotten pushback. Like, it feels like until now, Ant's been, you know, the charismatic – developing player there have been very few bumps and this is a big one self-induced self-inflicted what was your take on on his responses monday and and what what have you heard as well about what the plan is here because i mean clearly this was a, a situation where you know i don't know that just saying i'm sorry is enough i think you have to also uh, prove it and show things, and I'm curious what they're going to do because this was this was not just a simple comment setback. Well, I shouldn't have said that. This offended and hurt, I think, a lot of people, and I don't blame those folks one bit for being upset about what was, you know, a very homophobic comment. 
I'm with you. You're absolutely right. In terms of the words, like he followed the script, right? There were a lot of people in his ear saying, okay, you're going to be asked this question, that question, that question. Here's how you need to answer those. Mm -hmm. And he followed the script, right? To me, ultimately, the words mean nothing. Action. What will you do? Not what will you say. What will you do? So time will tell. I do sense that you're right. I mean, he just turned 21 a month ago. I do sense that, like, people now hating him, that's tough for him. Like, you're right. He's been beloved for so long. So I think that will continue. That'll be an inner battle that I think he'll continue to have to deal with and lean on some people, including his uncle. He's got an uncle that he's very close with, Drew, for some fatherly advice, right? But, like, ultimately, action. So let's see. Like, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. I do think you can grow. You can learn. You know, I do think he realizes he bleeped up, right, that you can't do that. You can't say that. Now, I'm not a big fan when you say, if I offended anybody, I'm sorry. You don't say if I offended anybody. You did, right. You did. We yes. know you did. You I offended agree. plenty of people. You I don't agree. preface your I'm sorry with if I offended anybody. You just don't say that. So I don't know if that was part of the script. It probably, yeah. Like Good he point. said what he was supposed to say for the most part. But ultimately, I need to see action. Now, guess what? He's going to win over some people purely from an entertainment standpoint, right? Like yeah. the Wolves win a bunch of games and he continues to kick butt. Like oftentimes guys take a sizable leap year three. I mean, he's already taken a sizable leap. But if you go back the last 10 to 20 years, maybe this applies more to Jada McDaniels, not Anthony Edwards. But guys oftentimes take a really big leap year two to year three. So like if he becomes an all-star, you know, if he's putting up these huge stats, if he improves a lot on the defensive end, if he becomes better in terms of shot selection, gets to the free throw line more, doesn't take a lot of fadeaway three-point shots, like he'll win some people over that way. Mm -hmm. I was told in terms of on the court, I was swapping messages with one of his personal coaches. So I know John Krasinski noted he put on 11 pounds of muscle. I was told, yeah, he added muscle. I didn't get the definitive number, but I know Johnny has the number at 11 pounds. But I was told from one of his personal coaches who's worked with him going back a number of years in Atlanta that truthfully, Anthony has never worked this hard. Some two-a-days, even some three-a-days. Like he has trimmed some weight, some body fat while adding muscle. The knee, remember there was some knee soreness, some tendonitis last year. I was told that is completely gone. That was not a topic on Monday just in terms of each guy was only at the podium for eight to ten minutes. I timed it. Anthony Edwards spoke for less than nine minutes. So there were only so many questions that could be asked. He wasn't asked about how is your knee feeling, but I'm told his knee is A+. plus. His knee feels fantastic. But off the court, Judd, let's just see. Like, there needs to be action. I don't know what exactly that action will be, but we can't just leave it as what he said on Monday. Like, he needs to take some action, so let's see what he does. And uh, Kat was not there, correct? Sick, but it's not COVID? Not COVID, yes, sick. In fact, I meant to check. You know, we're chatting here at 1 o'clock on Tuesday. So they're actually, they're on the practice court right now. I meant to text somebody. My understanding is if he's not on the court today, like he's going to be on the court here pretty quick. This isn't anything to be worried about. So, yeah. 
They don't play a meaningful game for three, three and a half weeks. Cat mm-hmm. is going to be okay. I apologize for not checking ahead of this conversation. You're done. You'll never work here again. Um, does Dalvin Cook play Sunday with his shoulder? I guess it pops in and out. So that that's the problem here. Does he play on Sunday in London against the Saints with a harness, or do you think he sits this game out, stays back to get treatment probably if he does, and then plays the next week against the Bears? Well, and it's a recurring problem, right? Like this isn't right. his first shoulder injury, this is so that's where, that's where there's definite concern. Okay, so this is what I did check on today. I don't have the Vikings' point of view on this, though, so this will become – a bit more clear Wednesday into Thursday. Now, I fully expect him. Like, I was asked on Twitter, does Dalvin even travel to London? As of now, I fully expect Dalvin to be on the airplane when they fly out to London on Thursday. Whether he plays on Sunday, that's a different question. But as of now, I just don't have the sense that they are going to hold him back. In his mind, in his world, yes, Harness, he plays on Sunday. But it's entirely possible the Vikings will ultimately protect him from himself. But in his mind, he is playing. I will also add, because there is a lengthy injury history there with Dalvin, we know that, but that is one of the tougher guys in that locker room. You know, a lot of people maybe don't want to buy that because I've said that about Byron Buxton in the Twins clubhouse. If they're definitively, there's not a tougher guy in that clubhouse. I'm not suggesting Dalvin is the toughest guy in that locker room but he would be top three, top four for me. Like he's played through some stuff. He's also well aware of missing a game every season of his career, right? So there is a thought in his mind, gosh, darn, I'd really like to get to 17 games. This doesn't need to be a 13 or 14 game season for me again. Right. Like, let me find a way to get to 17. So I'm just saying, as we sit here on Tuesday afternoon, in his mind, he is playing. But certainly don't quote me as saying he is good to go. On Sunday, because the Vikings may, in fact, I wouldn't even be shocked, right, if the Vikings protect him from himself. So that will play out. We'll have a pretty good sense by the time, maybe not by the time we talk Thursday morning, but certainly by Thursday afternoon. Is there a way to fix this, Dukes, or is this, because to to your point, it's a chronic thing. It, It sounds like it pops out at least once per season. Is there a way to rectify this, or is this just going to be a reoccurring thing for the rest of his football career. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's more the latter, not the former. Now, he's played with the harness before, and it played didn't well. really mess with him all that much. He was fine. So, yeah. you know, could there be a thought that just make the harness borderline a permanent thing? Right. So, I mean, there are some protective measures they can take, but in terms of just the shoulder ever getting back to 100% at this point in his career, six years in, like, yeah, I think that's that's a long shot. Gopher football moves into the uh, r- rankings, both AP and coaches. I think they're 21 in AP and 23 in the coaches. They play host to Purdue on Saturday. And Doogie, they uh, they kicked the, the living crap out of Michigan State last week. Um, you know what? The first three games, they killed cream puffs, which is great, but they're, they're, they're cream puffs. You go to East Lansing and win like they did, that's impressive. I don't care if Michigan State might have played terrible, but we have watched Gopher football for long enough, Darren, to know that if this program goes on the road against a team like the Spartans and kicks ass, which they they did, it's impressive. 
It is. Now, by the way, speaking of cream puffs, did you see the Jerry Kill, New Mexico State? They won a game over Hawaii. the weekend. They beat Hawaii, but Western Illinois, not sure they win a game all year. Colorado, to me, the worst Power 5 team in the country. Yep. Nonetheless, you said it. You go to East Lansing, and I get it. Michigan State's defense down some guys. Well, guess what? That's football. Right. Right? You don't think the Gophers would have loved to have Chris Ottman-Bell? Like, that's just – that's part of the deal. Right. You win that convincingly? Like, yes, I'm smelling the roses, Judd. Frightening, We've but I know. We've touched on it before, but no Michigan, no Ohio State. What a godsend with the schedule. You can lose – heck, Judd, you can lose two games in the Big Ten West. You'll still be fine. Like, they can lose to Penn State. That's fine. October 22nd. Although, if you look at Penn State, their schedule here coming up in October, like, it is really, really tough. Like, now it's a whiteout. It's a night game. I don't think they're going to be looking past the Gophers on October 22nd. But it'll be interesting to see where Penn State is by the end of October. Everybody loves Penn State today. Mm -hmm. Let's see if we're loving them at the end of October. But nonetheless, you lose that game, it's fine. Like, maybe not fine if you think the Gophers have a chance to be one of the four playoff teams. But if you're thinking the possibility of going to Pasadena, I mean, this is how I see this thing playing out, at least in my perfect world. I get it. The Rose Bowl officials could go in a different direction. But Gophers win the West. Ohio State wins the East. December 3rd, Indianapolis, Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State against the Gophers. Okay, the Buckeyes win. The Buckeyes are unbeaten. The Buckeyes are a playoff team. So the Buckeyes wow. do not go to Pasadena. So then the Rose Bowl needs to figure out, okay, who do we take? It's a yep. traditional Big Ten, Pac-12 matchup. Who do we take from the Big Ten? Now, could they take Michigan? Let's say Michigan has only one loss. The one loss is to Ohio State. Let's say it's a close game in November. Is it possible the Rose Bowl says, we're taking Michigan, we're not taking Minnesota? I suppose. but. Like, to me, if the Gophers have a darn good record, if they show well in that Big Ten championship game, maybe don't lose by 31 or 38, if they keep it within a couple touchdowns, like, I would hope the Rose Bowl officials would say, come on, Minnesota, January 2nd. It's not January 1st, unfortunately, because January 1st is a Sunday. Mm -hmm. But Monday, January 2nd, Minnesota, come one, come all. We'd love to have you. That's what I'm hoping for. I, I was told by a person I trust because I asked that exact question, is would they screw the Gophers? I was told no. I, I was told that Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren will work overtime to make sure that the that the state that, that he once worked in with the Vikings would take them. And plus, the selling point is this. Do you know how many frigid Minnesota fans will come there? Which is, you know, Duke's ultimately the most important thing, right? Because uh, I, I had the same exact fear that they would take Michigan. And I was told, uh-uh, they would take, they would jump at the chance to pack the Rose Bowl with maroon and gold. Well, and they would pack it regardless, right? They would pack it with maize and blue if it's Michigan. But don't undersell the Kevin Warren angle. Yes, Judd, yeah. sing it. That he would work yes. hard. That yes, yes. That, that he would want the golfers there. And you know and what? I can promise you there's some other prominent people with big-time ties that have been reaching out to Rose Bowl officials going back a while, saying, if we're on the cusp, you can't bypass us. You can't yep. do it. Agreed. So trust me, that chatter is loud and it's clear. So yes, Judd, 
I know, personally me, I know a few Gophers fans up there in age, by the way, who have been saving for years, awaiting this opportunity to see the Gophers in Pasadena. Yeah. It would be off the charts. Yeah. So, yes, if we can fast forward two and a half months or whatever it is, three months, yes, let's smell those roses. I'm telling you, I can see it now. More immediately, Purdue on Saturday, you know, we await word on Aiden O'Connell. Like, if Purdue's starting quarterback doesn't play, it's another layup. The point spread has already gone up three points. Like, all the money the last 48 hours, heavily on the Gophers. They opened as like a nine, nine and a half point favorite. It's double digits. Now it's gone up multiple points. Aiden O'Connell is a really good quarterback. Like, to me, if you're asking me who the second best quarterback is in the Big Ten, it's O'Connell in West Lafayette. It's not Morgan. It's not anybody in Ann Arbor. It's not Thorne, who's good. We didn't see him good on Saturday, but Thorne in East Lansing is good. The right. guy in Penn State is good. But, like, Aiden O'Connell is legit. He's not C.J. Stroud, right? Ohio State's quarterback is number one in the conference. But O'Connell is really good. But he didn't play on Saturday. His ribs are all messed up. We'll have a better sense later in the week. But what a gift that would be for the Gophers if he doesn't play on Saturday. You know but what even it is, if dude. he does play, the Gophers should win that game. But Purdue's got some guys. That is not a layup. If O'Connell plays, that is far from a layup on Saturday. You know what it is, Dukes? As you said, it's all coming up roses. It's all coming up roses. And I'll also tell you, there's a little bit of a groundswell from some Gopher season ticket holders reaching out to some Gophers administrators trying to discount tickets for Saturday. That season ticket holders will not be upset if the Gophers discount tickets. A lot of Gophers fans want a full house on Saturday morning for homecoming, for the stripe out. So, you know what? Like, some of these administrators, some of the internal people at the U, they're at least listening. Like, they're trying to find a way. Now, they're already actually in a pretty good spot in terms of tickets sold. Yep. But, like, don't be surprised. Like, they're trying to find a way more than ever to have a sold-out Huntington Bank Stadium on Saturday. Very nice. Uh, go for go for hoops and twin scoops to close with. Go. Well, I guess we can start with the twins. Tyler Malley, I was told by somebody close to Tyler, it's nothing significant. Like, it's just, it's inflammation. If the twins were playing meaningful games, he would be back, right? There's no reason for him to come back at this point. It's still astonishing to me, Judd, that the twins went from tied for first on September 4th to being 10 games back on September 23rd. Has anybody reached out to ESPN Stats and Info or the Elias Sports Bureau to find out if a team has given up 10 games in the standings in just a 19-day span? Like, this has to be historic. And I get it. You look at those lineups the Twins were trotting out. I understand it, right? And some of it is Cleveland was winning at the same time the Twins were trotting out, you know, a March 15th spring training lineup. I understand it. But Mm -hmm. to collapse that significantly in a 19-day stretch, Mm -hmm. Judd, to me, just about unheard of. Like, the fact that the Twins' final nine games have zero meaning, think about where the Twins were in the standings in mid-July to now nine games remaining, really ten, because Cleveland clinched on Sunday before the Twins' game was over. So before – the Twins' 10th to final game was concluded. It was meaningless. Cleveland had already clinched the division. But on Malley, I'm told, inflammation, he feels great. If these games had meaning, he'd be back. So on your concern scale, 
put Mally, all the injury concerns, put Mally toward the bottom, at least right now, even though he had the issue going back to July with the Reds. But I'm told he's feeling just fine. Byron Buxton was scheduled to undergo arthroscopic surgery, clean up that scar tissue as early as today. The word on Friday when I spoke with Derek Falvey was loosely it was scheduled for today. I meant to verify that it was today. If it's not today, it's this week. Byron Buxton just getting that knee cleaned up. On Gophers basketball, they lose a recruit late last week on Friday. Nolan Winter, Trevor Winter's son, going to Madison, going to the Badgers. Now, am I shocked? No. You think about that Lakeville North pipeline to Madison. You think about Nate Reavers. You think about Tyler Wall. Now Nolan Winter, zero surprise. I did text with Trevor. You think about Trevor Winter, his wife, Heidi, a former Gopher volleyball player. That family bleeds maroon and gold as much as anyone. So I said, Trev, are you doing okay? You know, sort of joking, but being somewhat truthful. I'm like, Trev, you doing okay? And he said what he should have said. Not about me, not about my wife, all about my son, right? Mm-hmm. Family first. Yeah, of course I bleed maroon and gold. But this was my son's decision. We fully support him. Oh, by the way, like, can you go wrong going to school in Madison? Right? No. Oh. That environment, that education, great guard. Yeah, there's been some things behind the scenes, right, going back the last couple of years. But for the most part, great guard has won there. Yep. He's produced players that have gone on to play professionally, maybe not in the NBA, but overseas. Like, you can't go wrong going to Madison. But that is a recruiting loss. Trust me. Ben Johnson and company wanted Nolan Winter. Not as much Taysom Chapman from Totino Grace when he committed to Ohio State in the last 10 days. That was more the Gophers took another guard, Cam Christie, Max Christie's brother, out of the state of Illinois. They really wanted Cam. They got Cam. That shifted. Like, going back a year, I would have told you, yeah, the Gophers badly won Taysom Chapman. But that shifted after, you know, things changed on the Cam Christie front. Recruiting can change on a dime. So Taysom Chapman, I know it's framed as a loss for the Gophers. Not necessarily. Nolan Winter, that is a loss. Now, that being said, the Gophers are welcoming a five-star center to town later this week, Dennis Evans from California. Kansas wants him. TCU wants him. Well, heck, a lot of schools want him. He's down to Kansas, TCU, and the Gophers. A legit five-star. Judd, if the Gophers can secure a commitment from Dennis Evans, this 7-1 center, he's in the USA Basketball Factory. If the Gophers can secure his commitment, Yep. It doesn't matter that they lost Nolan Winter. If they secure the commitment from Dennis Evans, and they are in a good spot, really good spot, and they will put the full court press on him when he arrives to town on Thursday night, yep. right? Into Friday, homecoming weekend. Trust me, this was strategically planned to have him in town this weekend. If the Gophers can secure a commitment from Dennis Evans, it'll be the best get for the Gophers since... Either Royce White, who never played a game for the Gophers, or Chris Humphreys, which would have been like 02, 03, something like that, out of Hopkins High School. Like, we would have to go back over 15 years for the Gophers to land a recruit of this magnitude. So just keep an eye on this kid, Dennis Evans. Heck, you won't miss him if you're at the football game on Saturday. Dennis Evans, 7-1 center from the state of California, legit five-star likely a future NBA player, likely a future first-round pick if he continues to develop how he's been developing. And the Gophers legitimately have a shot to land him. 
Awesome stuff, Dukes. Talk to you on Thursday, okay? Okay, sounds good, Judd. Thank you for Saturday. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. It's crazy to think that a few weeks ago we were talking about whether or not Tua Tagovailoa should consider retiring after two concussions and worldwide debates on player safety and NFL culpability. Tua has done nothing but go back to work and currently has the Dolphins riding a three-game win streak and one loss behind the division favorite Buffalo Bills. While everyone was yapping about the end of his career, Tua Tagovailoa said he'll decide when it's time. And clearly, he's not ready to hang up the cleats. Hi, this is Chris Howard from the Plugged In with Chris Howard podcast. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting up to the minute scores for every the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the MLB playoffs, the start of the NHL season, MMA, boxing, and golf. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.